Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 18 of Genesis chapter 1. We're going to be looking at verses 14 through 18. And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night, and to divide the light from the darkness, and God saw that it was good. And I'll stop reading there. Now, notice God says that he made two great lights, and then he refers to the greater light, which ruled the day, and a lesser light, which ruled the night. He does not use um, or does not refer to the sun and to the moon here for some reason. Um, I'm not really sure why. Of course, we know it's the sun that's the greater light and the moon that's the lesser light. And there's um, another scripture that, that will will show that that's exactly what's in view. Um, but I just thought I'd mention that, that God does not call them by name, sun and moon, in this verse. He refers to them as greater light and lesser light. Now, another thing for us to notice is the word light or lights, two great lights, the greater light and the lesser light is the Hebrew word 3974. This is a different word than was used earlier in in chapter one, where God um, made light and and, uh, said, let there be light. That was a different Hebrew word. This Hebrew word here in verse 16 is Strong's number 3974, and it's found only 17 times in the Old Testament, three times in these verses, uh, in verses 14 through 16, and 10 times this word is used in relationship to oil for the light of the lamp in the temple, or the candlestick in the temple. Uh, For instance, in Exodus 27, verse 20, it says, And thou shalt command the children of Israel that they bring thee pure oil, olive beaten for the light, to cause the lamp to burn always. And, And that's one example of how it's used ten times of the seventeen. And the light in the temple, the the daily light that was to burn, was a picture of the light of the gospel, or the light indicating the presence of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. And, and that's why when the book of Daniel makes reference to the abomination of desolation, 
and speaks of the daily being taken away and the abomination that maketh desolate set up. It's making reference to the light of the gospel, the oil that that was um, to keep the lamp burning always in the temple. And that uh, was an illustration of the Spirit of God in the midst of his people, of Israel in the Old Testament or in the midst of the congregations in the New Testament. And so that, that's uh, interesting that God uses that word, that Hebrew word, to describe the light of the sun and the moon and the stars, the, the greater light and the lesser light, when he's creating the celestial bodies. And one reason God does it is because the sun, moon, and stars relate to the light of the gospel. And the light of the gospel stays lit by the Holy Spirit, the oil. The the oil maintains the light. And as long as the light of the gospel was in the midst of the churches, the sun was shining and the moon gave its light. But when God brought judgment on the churches, the third part of the sun, third part of the moon, third part of the stars were darkened. It says in Revelation chapter 8, indicate that the oil of the Holy Spirit is no longer keeping the light burning. And when God brought the world into judgment, how did he um, indicate that the world was in judgment? Immediately after the tribulation, the sun is darkened. The moon does not give its light and the stars fall from heaven. The Holy Spirit, the oil of the Holy Spirit is what enlightens the spiritual lights of the heaven. Uh, That is, it, it was really an illustration of God's salvation program. And so, um, when the lights go dark to the world, it's signaling the Holy Spirit has left the world. Now, uh, another thing we want to notice is the word rule. God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. Now, we find in Psalm... 136, that that word rule is there also in Psalm 136, beginning in verse 7, To him that made great lights, for his mercy endureth forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endureth forever. The moon and the stars to rule by night, for his mercy endureth forever. Now, uh, we have to be careful with that phrase, his mercy endureth forever. That's just simply saying or stating that God's salvation is an eternal salvation and the fact that he has saved the people for himself means that his mercy endureth forever. Um, Look at verse 15 of Psalm 136. But overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea, for his mercy endureth forever. Now, overthrowing Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea, God was not displaying any mercy towards Pharaoh or the Egyptians that were overthrown. But 
His mercy still endureth forever upon his elect. And, and so that's what's in, in view with each one of these, um, statements in the refrain for his mercy endureth forever. Like today, in our time, God has ended his salvation program. That is, he has ceased to do the work of saving because he has completed it. But yet, his mercy endureth forever because he has saved a people for himself and will um, show forth his mercy upon them eternally forevermore. They, they will be the recipients of the grace of God, the mercy of God. And, and so that's a, a beautiful statement. It's a beautiful truth that's true of God's salvation program and towards those that he has graciously saved each one of his elect. But again, the sun to rule by day, the moon and the stars to rule by night. Now, again, that's confirmation. The greater light that rules the day is the sun, and the lesser light that rules the night is referring to the moon. The word um, translated as rule is also translated in another way at, at dominion in First Kings chapter 9, 1 Kings chapter 9 and verse 19. And all the cities of store that Solomon had, and cities for his chariots, and cities for his horsemen, and that which Solomon desired to build in Jerusalem, and in Lebanon, and in all the land of his dominion, all the land of his rule, because he was a king, and he ruled over a vast kingdom. The kingdom was under the rule or dominion of Solomon the king. And the sun rules the day. The the moon rules the night. The greater light rules the day. The lesser rules the night. Now, in returning to Genesis chapter 1, we see that God is making a division. Let there be, in verse 14, let there be lights and a firmament of heaven to divide the day from the night. And in verse 16, two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night, day and night. And then in verse 18, and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness and God saw that it was good. And when we look at the Bible, we find that God um, speaks of a time period that he identifies as the day of salvation, an acceptable time, the the acceptable year, and and that points to a prolonged period of time of many, many centuries in which God is saving. And actually, salvation was available from the very beginning for Abel, we know, um, all the way through until God shut the door of heaven on May 21, 2011, uh, outside of uh, a few other periods in, in which virtually no one was being saved. But otherwise, 
the light of the gospel shone forth and Christ ruled the day and, and the light of God was available and, and God penetrated the darkness of his elect people in generation after generation to save them. Also, the Bible speaks of a time when the night comes. Um, the Lord Jesus said in the Gospel of John, there are 12 hours in the day, and he must do the works of the one that sent him while it was day. And the work of God is that ye believe. It's the work of salvation. And and God likens the work of salvation uh, to it being performed over the course of a 12-hour day, the last hour of which typified the Great Tribulation period. And then came the end of the work day, the end of salvation, and even time. The night came, and and Christ um, comes as a thief in the night, the the night in which no man can work, and yet uh, God is establishing in Genesis one that it's not a time where there is not rule or there is not the dominion of God. Still, there still is dominion. But it's the lesser light that rules the night. And as we understand the night to point to judgment day itself, which we've learned is a prolonged period of time. A time that began on May 21, 2011. And at this point, we'd have to say is of an unspecified duration. We do not know exactly at this point how long judgment day will be. But we do know that the Lord Jesus Christ is ruling with a rod of iron over the unsaved inhabitants of the earth. Let's go to Revelation 19. And keep in mind, um, the Son, the Bible, likens to the Lord Jesus Christ, the sun in the sky, and the moon to the law of God. And the law of God is the Bible. It's the word of God. They're synonymous. The law of God is the same as the word of God. And and the moon represents the law or the word of God. Now, in Revelation chapter 19, God is describing judgment day. And he says in verse 13, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword. And uh, Hebrews 4 tells us the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. And of course, this is out of the mouth of Christ. And what proceeds out of his mouth? The word of God. So out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. 
and and then it goes on to saying he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. So Jesus is ruling, the word of God is ruling in the day of judgment, in the night time in which no man can work. When Christ comes as a thief in the night, he will rule the nations with a rod of iron. And the reference to the rod of iron is also a reference to the word of God. And and there the moon, the, the law of God, the moon is ruling the night. And and so right from the beginning, as as God is describing the creation of this world and the the first week of creation in the fourth day when God makes the sun, the moon, and the stars and he establishes two lights, the greater light to rule the day. Jesus Christ will rule it, it, all the while God is saving and the lesser light to rule the night. Because during the nighttime or judgment day, the sun is darkened or the light of the gospel is put out. And yes, God says the light of the moon is out. But on another level, the word of God is the one executing the judgment. The judgment information is coming forth from the Bible. So the lesser light is ruling during the night during the nighttime, uh, the period in which God is pouring out his wrath upon the unsaved inhabitants of the earth. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.